Welcome to the Life Creation Podcast. I'm your host, Andrina Tisi. Together, we will explore thoughts, inspirations, and conversations that feed our soul, spark the mind, and nourish the body. Thank you so much for being here to learn and grow and for walking this journey called life with me. Welcome to another episode of the Life Creation Podcast. Whether you're here for the first time or maybe you've been tuning in regularly, I'm truly honored to be in your ears. And today I have the privilege to share a conversation with you with Rahel Papis. And I literally just ended the conversation with her and we had such a blast. Rahel is based in Zurich and is a hypnotherapist and a kinesiologist and you can tell that it's a little bit of a tongue twister for me and her goal is to transform therapy into a fun and surprising tool because healing isn't pretty but the other side is pretty amazing. And she says, once triggers are found, there is a space to reunite with your gems within. Rahel is the author of the journal Therapy in Crime. And during our conversation, we talk about crime scenes, victims and gangsters, (laughs) as well as being the director or the actor. So you really will feel like in a beautiful movie set. (laughs) Rahel has a wealth of knowledge and it was difficult to keep our conversation short-ish. We are discussing self-discovery, self-therapy, self-care, as well as triggers the conscious and the subconscious mind, as well as you will notice that Rahel has um, a big knowledge on astrology. So, There is so much in this episode, and I hope you feel as inspired from our conversation as I do right now after my talk with her. So enjoy and have fun. Welcome, Rahel, at the Life Creation Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited to have a talk and chat with you. I'm excited. (laughs) So with all my guests, and I just warned you, (laughs) I'm doing this or that. So let's start right away. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Roses or sunflowers? Roses. Bath or shower? Bath. Laundry or dishes? None of them. Um, (laughs) Laundry. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Well, before we dive deep into the topic of today, um, can you tell us a little bit about your culture upbringing and also your 
star signs. Not that is so funny. Yeah. So funny that you're asking because my Imuno Coeli, um, which is the ice sea, which is the south of your um, of your chart, is is in Leo. So I was actually having a conversation with my friends. Um, what is what is the Leo in Imuno Coeli? And that is. You know, Leo is kind of like very generous, very big thinking, freedom, um, also very aesthetic to a certain kind of way. And that was my upbringing. Like we had a big, huge flat. I was always outside. Everything was, you know, in a, in a good environment. And more or less also my parents were kind of stylish or aesthetical. So it actually, um, yeah, was very, very generous. And I was growing up in a in a in a village where I had a lot of friends, where I met a lot of people, where everybody knew everybody. Um, so actually, I mean, I did in Switzerland. So I mean, I did have my own traumas and everything with school and skin color and parents divorcing. But my upbringing, like the environment, was very beautiful to grow up. Like typical Swiss culture, to be honest, it was it couldn't be more Swiss. So um, yeah, upbringing was was very nice, and yeah, I think now when I look back, I mean, I, I always was looking at my traumas and my triggers and all of the dark side. But actually, there was there was a lot of potential and a love, a lot of generosity of of how to grow up in Switzerland. I um, it sounds like my upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> I also grew up in this like small village close to the forest, old farmhouse, like completely like picturesque, right? Like, yeah, typical countryside. Totally. So then coming from that picturesque little Swiss town, tell us about crime, victim and gangsters. <laughs> yeah, let's go from beautiful countryside to the dark side of what can happen in a village <laughs> totally that's like a crime okay. novel yeah I know I know I mean yeah I am a, a kinesiologist and hypnotherapist and I mean basically my work is to find triggers and the dark spots of people and you know people used to ask me like okay what are you what is your work what are you doing what how can I imagine a, a session with you and then I always tried, you know, you've, I, I always tried to put it in pictures or metaphors. Um, and then I was like, okay, you know what? You need to imagine as if your problem, you actually don't know where your problem comes from. Right? So I have people who are nail biting or have depressions or have um, anxieties or sleeping disorders. Sleeping disorders is a really good one, right? So you just have sleeping disorders and don't have a clue where it comes from. So then I used to say, you know, it's like having a dead body and you actually don't have a clue where it comes from. And then you need to go and find the crime scene of why there is a dead body in your cellar. So um, when designing my book, uh, Therapy and Crime, it was all about, um, you know, we first, my designer and I, we first wanted to create something that was, you know, like journaly and beautiful and aesthetically, but then we were like every all the journals all are like that already so we wanted to create something new something different and we were sitting there in a bookstore and like okay this is the idea to actually write a crime scene because people have crime crime scenes in their body where we, I mean I at the moment have a little bit of sleeping disorders like at two o'clock in the morning I just wake up and 
I just know, luckily, I know how to help myself. Um, but also, I did have some crime scenes, you know, when you when love life, when work, when everything is a little bit imbalanced, and then different topics find each other in the same basement as a dead body again can be, you know, the the trigger or the resolution of the whole thing. And um, through kinesiology, I'm also um, able to find meridians that are weak, that are imbalanced. So it is kind of like a different crime scene of, you know, just trying things and see where it goes and see how you can, how you can manifest it or, or maybe exchange or change your triggers to neutrality. And that's how, you know, crime scene comes to so many things in, in, in our daily life where we have an inspector that needs to be ourselves, you know, curious and, and negotiate to a certain extent, but then also we have this um, inner victim that we think we're we're not good enough, and then we have our gangster, like the mean voice in our head, that you actually don't know where it's coming from, but it's just there, like a shadow, always being behind us and not going away to a certain extent. I love it. It's a very <laughs> um, exploratory work in a way I mean that that how it that's how it sounds anyway and um you mentioned so many um key words to me that I want to dive deeper um maybe going back to you know the hypnotherapy and the kinesiology for people who are maybe not so familiar with one or the other can you just try to <laughs> try to, try to, explain to try simply is- explain what it is what it is so kinesiology is a method that was explored in the 1960s by a chiropractic and a psychologist and so they were a couple and one was working with the body one the other one was working with the psychic and they were like okay there needs to be something that our subconscious mind can answer without our mind being exposed or without being too much brought up or kept in our mind so they tried this method and, and founded this method of muscle testing and questions so kind of like a mix of the both and that's how kinesiology out of kinetics um, was discovered that they would ask questions and test over the body so there is actually a muscle testing there so you can even ask yourself like I mean, you can take your arm, so you can take your arm with you, um, your left, let's say your left arm and then the right one over it. And then you can ask yourself a question or let me say you can think about something that makes you happy. So I'm thinking about beaches and cocktails. And once I press down, then this is stable. So it gives me strength or it's it's strong. And then once I think about um, something that makes me unhappy, let's say, um the world sometimes how it can confuse um, our inner self. And when I press then, then I can feel a weakness by the pressure of my right arm. And that's how kinesiology works. So there are different kinds of methods to work with this muscle testing is that you can ask yourself, okay, what is, what is giving me weakness or what, what, or what I, what if I think about something and then it can be strong or it can be weak. Um, and it's just about, you know, exploring what your body says, not if you were like, oh, but I actually don't feel like that this way. So um, it's a really nice technique to just let the body answer and see where the where the story goes. 
And so I work with both combinations, which means I work with kinesiology that um, it's about finding where the trigger is. And then once we find the trigger, which is normally, you know, somewhere back in the past, if it's your childhood, if it's your teenage trauma, if it was your teenage crush, sometimes there is a feeling there that is still giving you a little heartache, you know, kind of like a little tension where you're like, oh yeah, that was not a good um, experience. But then you're like, yeah, yeah, but I've, I'm over it and whatsoever. It's like hundreds of years ago. Um, but then um, hundreds of years ago, but then, once you combine it to your life today or to a situation today, it's actually maybe two different situations, but the feeling it's the same. And it's all about when people ask me, yeah, but you're doing so many techniques. Then I'm saying, yeah, but it's all about the feeling. It doesn't matter what comes to the surface of the iceberg. It's about, that's only the tip of the iceberg, but maybe the emotion is just something totally different that we need to find. And that's why it's about finding the feeling of where it's actually coming from. And there it goes into what is known, what is the unknown. And once you're like, oh yeah, I, I can feel it when I go back in there, um, there comes hypnotherapy regression, the regression method that you actually go down into that feeling, go back into the feeling and then see how you feel like the, when you're back there. And once you're here, you know, in your conscious mind, then everything feels totally safe and a good, like a good environment. But once you go back, you're actually again in that exact moment where you find yourself as a teenager or in your childhood where you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. My breath is actually, um, giving me a hard time or I can feel it in my body in my strain I can feel an emotion maybe crying so there are different kind of levels where you can feel the emotion in your in your in your body even if it's your mind if it's in your mental health it's even if it's your emotion or maybe it's something I sometimes I have people there like oh um, I can feel my left foot so that can be different kind of issues, you know, of how we can communicate with our emotions and our body. And I think it's so amazing now that I'm talking about it again, of how much joy this work gives me of how fast you can get into, you know, different kind of triggers that can be emotionally or physically of finding triggers. I love it because it really shows us the wisdom of the body mm -hmm. in one way and what it like if we actually listen to our body and give our body a voice and mm -hmm. what it sounds like with kin is not top kin is you oh my god i can't even say it anyway you know what i mean that's how most um, people feel about it <laughs> um yeah, if we, if we give it a voice, you know, it can actually speak to us and we can learn from it because I think, I think so often we maybe also suppress it or, you know, when um, I see it so often also with, with yoga that we almost practice against our body, but we actually want to do it with our body, right? And yeah. then, and you know, we just quickly before we hit record talked about, you know, the somatic experiencing. And that's also, I mean, in, in that trauma work, it's all about, you know, that, that everything is stored in our body. Everything, right? Yeah. I mean, by the way, coming back to astrology, so I didn't answer that question. <laughs> so True. my star sign is uh, Sagittarius and my rising sign is Gemini. 
But the thing is, I have so much um, earth qualities and a lot in Scorpio. So Scorpio work is also no digging deep. There's no, there's no, yeah, there's like, there's like no ending of deepness or going down the the path. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, and I think it's amazing of, of what you're saying, because, you know, I know you practice EFT and EFT is actually a kinesiology tool as well, because, you know, it's tapping your meridians, your energy, and it connects to your emotions of where you can actually find your, or feel what is going on of when you tap somewhere of what shuts through your body or through your mind. And I think it's so incredible that we, I mean, I'm always amazed as well of, you know, how not aware we are of what we store in our body or what is stored in our body of every second. So every time somebody asks, okay, but I mean, to what if I don't have a problem, then I'm like, okay, think about your last summer day, think about your last conversation, how did that make you feel? And the thing is, so we only use about two to 3% of our whole, you know, conscious mind, and then imagine how much there is unconscious, um, that we live and we don't explore or don't um, realize of what is going through, right? And um, I just think it's so amazing of, you know, that our senses, it's about our senses that everything is stored in our senses. I mean, even when I think about yesterday that I was being at the lake, I mean, when I'm just thinking about it, I can feel the breeze. So my skin can feel the breeze when I'm thinking about the fries that I was eating. So um, then I have this, greasy potatoey chewy ketchupy taste in my mouth right and then <laughs> what I was seeing was a sunset so I mean those are already three senses and this is stored in our body and once you have you know when it comes to triggers negativity um then that is stored in our body as well and mostly it's it's also combined with sometimes shock And that goes, that rushes through our, I mean, imagine you going on the countryside, you're, um, you're looking at cows and there is, you know, one of these, um, you know, these electrical threads that keeps them in, right? And you touch one of those, then it gives you a shock through your whole body, right? And that is something that happens to us emotionally more than we actually think, right? I mean, as soon as somebody is, you know, swearing at us or, or being impolite, then it actually shocks us to a certain extent. And I think that is something that isn't, is more, is more in our body that are triggers that we're not aware of, of, you know, um, dealing with these issues or giving them space of, of a, of a, of an emotion of um, also appreciation, but also um, awareness I'm really glad that you mentioned the subconscious and the conscious. So just because that was going to be one of my questions. Okay. <laughs> um, so just to to um, highlight it. So you said two to three percent is conscious. Yeah. It's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, just the example of you walking out of your of your house, of your door and you're not knowing, did I turn, did I, did I lock the key? Yeah. And that is something we do unconsciously because it's in our routine. It's in our habit. So, and then once you're like, all right, in, in, on the subway or, or, or on your bicycle, then you're like, did I really lock the door? Because Mm -hmm. it was something that you did unconsciously. Mm -hmm. You did it in your routine, in your habit, in your 
structured daily life, but actually you were not aware of it. And, you know, I think habits and routines and all that can also give us a sense of stability and a sense of security. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also, you know, good or, you know, or yeah, to play with that, you know, to just in terms of, you know, if we take always the same route to work or to, you know, yeah. For example, when I walk, when I walk with, with my dog, I have like my routines. I have my, 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 my roots, right. But I, I also try to switch it up because it's, um, yeah, to play with, with those routines and to, to open, open myself up to, to new things, right. While still, enjoying the the safety and the the comfort of of routines Mm -hmm. yes it's about also you know when you're just in your life then you're always you know one of the actors in your life but you actually never go into the director of your life and Mm. sometimes I just tell my I just yeah I sometimes just tell my clients also imagine yourself I mean let's say I'm meeting a friend who I know since 20 years and we always have the same conversations right it's always like how are you how is love life how is job life how is whatever and then you know I I always see this this uh scene from how I met your mother I don't know if you know the scene when when Marshall was like yeah you know when Michelle she sees her high school girlfriend she's always the same and they go like all in this rapping voice and so on and that's how life sometimes is, right? But because you're not aware of how you always are with people and it's just a routine. And once you would actually be in or go out from this situ- from that situation and just observe, be, become the observer, then you're like, am I really like this? Do I really want to be in this movie? Do I really want to be like that? And because, you know, routine and, and habit is just something that we react out of, out of, out of routine and habit. But going out of your skin and seeing, okay, this is actually weird. Why do I do this the way I do it? And why do I react the way I react? The more you become an observer, the more time you have to just give it space. You're giving space and time. Totally. totally. For a reaction that you're just used to. And it gives you such an incredible different opinion or... um, not even opinion, but but more a space of how you can create yourself new from day to day or situation to situation. Time and space is one of my yeah. favorite mantras. Yeah. <laughs> like time and space. I never give it to myself, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sure you give it to yourself. A little yeah. bit. Um, you mentioned triggers quite, mm-hmm. quite frequently, quite often. And... Um, Talk to us a little bit more what actually triggers are and how they can, I guess, manifest and or show up. Yes, yeah, so triggers are in the end a survival strategy. Because so when you think about, let's say, a bad breakup that can be in love life or work life with a boss, with a with an ex-lover then that is a trigger because there was a situation that didn't end well, that was hurting both of you. So that remains as a trigger. 
And once you come in the in another situation, let's say you have a new boss, a new lover, and that person says something exact the same way, like the one did who was a bad or, or a negative experience, then what do you do? You go into survival mode and you react exactly the same way of how you used to um, because it's about the same emotion, but they're actually different situations. So what our subconscious does is, let's say the bad breakup or the negative breakup was a circle and then the new situation um, the, feels like the same thing like this did and you put it in a circle again, but actually it's a triangle because it's a new situation, a new time, a new environment, a new person, and it could be a new feeling. But that's what our our subconscious mind doesn't do because it cannot separate the two with each other because it's just an error. And so, I mean, I can also explain this when um, I'm scared of spiders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm afraid of spiders, but once you throw me a rubber spider, I know it is a rubber spider, but what does my system does? What does it do? It's like error. I want to run. Right. So our subconscious mind cannot differentiate between real and fake it's actually a real paradox but that's actually the case because it cannot separate the two things because a rubber spider still looks like a fucking real spider and it still creeps the shit out of me so that's why my system is reacting to error and that's how triggers are in our subconscious and conscious mind and that's why they're very difficult um, to take apart because it just looks the same and it feels the same, but it's not the same. Yeah. And there's also no timeline. If I'm Yeah, there's no timeline. Like yeah. it can happen because, like 20 years later or something. Oh, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Because, I mean, once you, so I have sometimes, you know, these classical cases of, you know, managers who have a big presentation who have to pitch something and they're like oh my god I, I get red flashes I get all sweaty I start to stutter and once you find the trigger then they're like okay go back in time where are you and then it's like I'm seven years old in front of the Christmas tree and I have to read a poem in front of my family yeah and I mean the feeling is exactly the same but the time does not time can sometimes not necessarily heal yes I see that with, um, you know, we say that in, in in grief, you know, a lot of times, you know, say like, well, time is going to heal. Well, mm-hmm. not necessarily. No. Not when you're a Venus. Yeah. <laughs> not when your Venus is in Scorpio. <laughs> Bingo, here we go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, so often we have to actually go in and through, right? Yeah. <laughs> that muddiness, and, right? Yeah. Before it was so funny because I was like, yeah, not get, let's not get into astrology that much because I will not ever end. But now I do have to say something about it. Go it's, ahead, please. Yeah, the more you, I mean, I wanted to study astrology 10 years ago and then I, you know, um, decided to study kinesiology, but I'm doing my studies now in uh, astrology. And it's so interesting because everybody's so different. I mean, your Venus is kind of like your your feminine side, no matter if you're male or female, um, but like your emotions and also um, also when it comes to relationship or also your aesthetics or how you want to feel like. 
And that can be so different with different people. I mean, I have a Venus in in Scorpio, you as well, I know. So I'm like the one who needs to go deep. I need to, I need to feel somebody and like be one with somebody, right? But then like an air Venus, they're like, no, we can just talk and we feel totally communicated with each other and, and deep with each other. That is enough, right? And the earthy ones, they're more like they need they need affection, they need touch. They need, you know, um, material gifts, right? So, and what is funny, so my moon is in Virgo, which is an earth sign. And when you tell me, okay, I was thinking of you, I'm like, okay, good for you. That didn't give me anything. But once they're like, oh, you know what? I I was at a market and then I found this pearl and um, I wanted to buy it for you. I'm like, oh my God, that is so touching because I can actually see something physically, right? So, I mean, the more you you actually know who you are and what your, um, what your values are, but also what your desires are, the more you actually understand of what you need and how you can deal with your issues. And that brings me to what you talk about with self-therapy, yeah. right? which I think is so powerful. So... Because for me, it has this feeling of empowerment, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe explain difference, if you can, between self-care, which we talk a lot about, and is also a big hype, um, and also important, of course, um, and self-therapy. So self-care is the new health care. That's what I always say. But on the other hand, so, I mean, you know, we have our routines and patterns and that, I think that is a self-care topic. But then when, uh, no, sorry. Um, self-care is about, um, you know, yeah, routines and habits. But when it comes pat to patterns and conditioning, then they're two different pairs of shoes. Um, so, I mean, you know, self-therapy is about, oh no, let's say self-care is more about, you know, about your routine and how you can do things in your daily life that can make you feel good about yourself. But then self-therapy is about being aware of who you are and how you can treat yourself good from the past to the future of, you know, knowing or discovering what has what kind of triggers do you have in yourself or how, where are you always like flying like a, like a flight against the, the window that is never going to, going to go through. And I think that is something where self-therapy is, you know, something that can help you of um, overcoming certain patterns and conditionings that you're not able to discover in, in your daily life. So it's a sorry, it's a lot to do with like you mentioned before, also self-discovery and really yeah. get to know ourselves layer by layer yeah. over and over again. Peeling that onion so many times. So many times. <laughs> and your beautiful journal <laughs> helps with that process. Is that correct? Yeah, it's yeah. about, you know, 
you have to be your your inspector of you know being in your neutral life and and just being very neutral you're actually then the director and actually observing of what is going on in the movie i love all these different images <laughs> i feel like i'm I feel like i'm like in a movie set yeah and then um you have to you have to go into dialogue well First of all, it's like a triangle, right? So you have the inspector, you have the victim, and you have the gangster. And you will have to observe every single one of them. Like, how, who am I today? Where am I standing? What is my mean voice in myself? And what is my inner victim of, you know, how I feel about myself? And then you actually have to communicate with both. So like it is in a crime scene. So you have to, as an inspector, you have to be like, okay, I have to, be interrogate or, or communicate with the victim. How did that feel? How was that feeling? How was, how, what happened there? And then you also have to be like, okay, gangster, why did you do this? What were your, what was your intention? What was, what was in your thoughts? And then about going back, finding the crime scene of where it all happened and what was going on there and how did everybody feel? So it's about, you know, changing perspectives, but also going into this movie of, taking different sides of perspectives yeah and it kind of makes it fun oh my god yeah it is i mean it's just about you know observing of what is going on and where did you build on something that gave you value and protection that you know when i have clients they always are like yeah but you know i want to be eccentric i want to be adventurous i want to be um optimistic I want to be extroverted and I'm like yeah but introverted what did what did it give you and they're like nothing and I'm like that's not true mm. um because and then it's it's always about you know or even smokers it's always about what did something negative give you what kind of stability what did you gain out of it what did it give you? And then you can actually start to transform because the grass is always greener on the other side. So you always want always. to be on the other side, always. But then once you're on the other side, you're like, ha, huh. but now <laughs> the other thing is missing and there's something wrong here. So it's always about, you know, negotiating with yourself of what is really the quality of what you may be missing, but not seeing of what kind of value or possession you have from there where you are yes and I think you know coming back to the trigger aspect I also think triggers are so good teachers like we learn so mm -hmm. much about ourselves mm -hmm. from our triggers yeah and then seeing it less as something negative and something that we don't want anymore but similar what you said well what what did it give you yeah because so many so many times like what you said it's a it's a survival mechanism it's a bit of protection and there was a reason for that mm -hmm. exactly and i mean sometimes it's not always necessary to go back to open that old box again but it's about what did you learn from it and what are you taking away from it and what would you have needed what can you transform today i mean these are just four questions that everybody can answer in their in their own timeline of can you say the they four can questions? transform. Can you say the four questions again? I, I don't remember. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, what would you have needed? What did you learn from it? Um, what was yeah? What was the transition out of it? Beautiful. Yeah. 
just that can be like a beautiful journaling practice right yeah what can you change from then to today and yeah yeah, you can answer those questions of like okay why did i have to learn this lesson as well yeah yeah also what you mentioned in terms of and correct me if i'm saying it wrong conscious the subconscious doesn't know if it's real or fake and you know with your example from the spider is like quote unquote something negative right but i think that knowledge we can also use like for example in our manifestation practice or in visualization right like Mm -hmm. and then and then yeah of course then we know okay like real fake spider but abundance love success in whatever for health in whatever form um we can also use that knowledge that our subconscious actually doesn't know if it's real or fake right to 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 work in our favor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's so true because once you work with visualization, manifestation, meditation, we are just able to acknowledge it and transform it and give it a space that it needs of whatever is coming up. And I think, or that's what happens to me. I don't know how you guys feel, but I always judge myself for some things, for some things that, you know, come up that were like 10 years ago. And I'm like, I'm still there, really? totally so I mean own judgment and own I mean self-honesty is just I mean I know what I'm talking about it's just you have to be brutal honest to yourself and that is some you know it's always easy to cover it up with a nice carpet and just like it's there but it's not there anymore (laughs) just the other day I was also listening to um, a podcast and they were talking about how like exactly what you say, you know, we feel like we start, we keep circling back. I'm like, oh my God, didn't I deal with this already? <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about this spiral staircase where, yeah. yeah, you may feel like you're looking at the same spot on the wallpaper, but it's actually, you're in a different spot. You're higher up or, you know, like if you, if you go up the stairs in a way, it's the same wallpaper, but it's a different spot. Yeah. Right? So and then I, I love that image of saying, okay, I'm on this spiral staircase and yes, I may look at the same wallpaper, but I'm not looking at the same spot. But of course, yeah. the, the trigger or whatever comes up is, is still there, but it's not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And there we come to the fact of process, right? Because processing is not always standing at the same at the same point we're always in movement totally and movement is just giving us you know realization of of where we stand and where we want to go and where we don't want to go anymore mm-hmm. wow i love it <laughs> so good um So coming back to the crime scene, mm-hmm. just a little bit. <laughs> so in, in, in the book, in the journal, so if somebody wants to start that process um, of self-therapy, 
um, possibly with the journal. But when do you recommend, um, you know, self-therapy? And when do you recommend seeking support and having maybe an external mm -hmm. investigator <laughs> come in? And is there a combination or, yeah? Um, yeah, good question. So, I mean, the book is built up also with the four life pillars, kind of like work, love, fun, and health. And so, I mean, it's just, you know, good overall to, to solve your own crime scene, but also to look at where you're standing and what you're maybe missing out or what your desires are or what there's maybe still there. And I think the book has so many cool exercises because sometimes you have to burn paper. Sometimes you have to listen to an audio. Sometimes you have, you can color a mandala. So there's, there's always, you know, um, yeah, something to do in the book and actually for self-reflection. And I wouldn't recommend, you know, filling out the book in, in, in a day, there is no chance you can fill that out in a day. And it, it is a process. And so, um, I mean, once you're just willing to be self-honest to yourself, then the book is incredibly amazing because there you have to write down of what you're feeling and what you're thinking and um, doubts, fears, anger, um, and that kind of issue, right? And it depends on how you feel after the book and if you feel um, energized or what it, what it did to you um, to process it. And I mean, to find or to be, um, you know, it's about self-honesty in the book, but then on the other hand, once you want to find or find another trigger or explore um, in a therapy session, then it's always good, you know, to for somebody to ask you questions and to just feel hypnotherapy or muscle testing mm -hmm. um, to maybe just come on a different angle or a different level of what is maybe still there or maybe you're it's maybe even like a gold mine of you know digging out gold but then there's some rest being there and you're like okay I cannot really see it and I need somebody who can give me a torchlight so sometimes you can you know be there and it depends of how open you are if, if you want to go and look at it or if you like okay you know what I already digged out all the gold I'm I'm fine with it yeah. so depending on where you are and how you feel about yourself it can always be good to you know um go to an expert or or find help mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so if um people i'm sure many people are now curious about the book and where they can find it and they can find it over fiercely right? yes yeah, soon i mean everywhere it's on amazon it's on water stones it's on barnes and noble it's on lemons so everywhere, literally almost everywhere. Excellent. We'll, we'll, we'll also link it in the show notes. Yes. Uh, also, of course, also link your website and how people can find you. Yes. Um, now, before before my last question, I have another question. <laughs> um, what are you excited about? What's coming? Oh, my God, I'm so excited about everything. I mean, to be honest, I'm always somebody who is everywhere and nowhere. And I have so many projects and ideas in my manifesting head. generator. I know. Yes, I am. I uh, Yeah, I think that that, that must be an <laughs> explanation for it. Um, so 
in the past, I've been, you know, working at my practice and I've been giving workshops and now I founded the Hive. So the Hive is, you know, I, that one I want to share is that people are accessible for therapy. And what I will be doing is giving therapy sessions every month. There will be sometimes a guest within and um, it's about having self-therapy for every month and actually staying on your progress. And now the other hand, I decided not to found a hypnotherapy certificate, so which will be super interesting regression therapy. So it will, you know, that was, what was I um, mentioning is about finding the emotion, finding the trigger, even going back to past lives, if it's necessary, but actually giving people a chance to add hypnotherapy to their, to their career if they want to. So amazing. So, yeah. so people can learn it actually with you. Yes, exactly. And wow. I mean, even if you're just doing it for yourself or your friends or family, I mean, it's just an amazing technique to learn it in one and a half months. It will be around approximately that time. So yeah, up. I mean, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I do have, you know, um, people who want to learn it for even though they don't want to have it as a career but just totally. to be like okay yeah. I just want to have it for myself or know what I can do with my subconscious mind and, and be in that process it's another tool in the toolbox exactly you know it's good to have and I think my goal is just to be you know to make everything accessible um affordable and um with a lot of joy and fun with a lot of deepness, with a lot of, you know, digging in the deep, but, you know, in a fun way, in a yeah. light way also, because when it comes to therapy, people are always, you know, it's like, oh, no, I need to go to therapy and oh. it will be exhausting, right? But then I just think, no, therapy can be so much fun of, yeah, releasing a lot of tension and crying and, and you know, um, going into your, looking at your whole crap that you've been carrying around, but then the other way to feel so much lighter and better and just be um, in peace with yourself. Beautiful. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Bahail. Thank this you so, so much. I have so many things yeah. to put into the show notes. We'll link everything. No, it's good. <laughs> now my last question. And I also ask um, my guests that, um, you know, being on the life creation podcast and, you know, for my work, for your work, we draw so many different things together also in our life. So do you have a mantra or a quote? And of course, I yes, to change. I have it. Okay, go. Um, a, a day without laughter is a day wasted. Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Yes. I love that one. I was just thinking before we we're having our chat, I was just thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you know, I really like a cartole and so on. But then I was like, no, but I think, you know, even, even if life can be super dark and a super deep challenging spot, there is something that can make you laugh on a daily basis or that makes you happy or at least gives you a smile of, purity or thankfulness that you can find in your daily life what a beautiful way to end our conversation yeah thank you so much for having me it was so wonderful oh my god i'm still buzzing from this conversation it was just so full of stuff how did you like it what did it inspire you to do? Like for me, 
I booked a session with Rahil and I've wanted to do that for a long time. And after turning the record button off, we looked at our planner and we booked a session and a coffee date. And I really look forward to that. So you can find Rahel on her website, rahelpapis.com. And it's also in the show notes and you can find the, the link to the book. Also, you will find information to the hive that she mentioned. And yeah, just explore, explore also the questions that she mentioned during our conversation. And I would love to hear what this episode inspired you to do or maybe to journal about. So share it with us via message or maybe you share it via social media and tag us. And if you like this episode, please go over to iTunes and scroll all the way down and give the Life Creation Podcast a five-star review. That would really mean a lot to me and it helps for people to find the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rahel, and you, dear listener, for being here and for walking this beautiful life with me.